Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Hearts podcast. Uh, this is going to be the first of many, or one of many, I should say. And we hope to bring you some very interesting speakers over the next few months. So watch out for those. Um, today, I've got with me Mr. Andrew Whiteley, who's in charge of our accounts department here at Hearts. Uh, thank you very much for joining me this morning, Andy. And what I'd like to do, first of all, is just ask you, how did you get involved in, in accountancy and the accountancy profession? Oh, well, very simply, really. I um, didn't really enjoy my school years, my high school years, although I did very well in the GCSEs. Um, I didn't really see any future in, in college and things like that. I wanted to get out into the big wild world and start working. Um, applied for a couple of banks and tried to go down that route, um, but then got offered a job in an accounts practice just around the corner from where we are now, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, and kind of started from there. Um, very much working with fairly small companies, little what we now know as IR35 companies. Um, and it dates back to the days before computers and things like that, showing me age a little bit. So uh, lots, lots of paper and pens. And, a lot of paper and pens, yes. bit analysis, A3 sheets of paper, yes. um, old style cash books and simplex D books. And, and the old ledgers and ticking across from one ledger to the oh, next. Oh, exactly, yes. exactly. Remember yeah, the days. Off the bank <laughs> and, and, and very much that kind of approach. And then... I was there for quite a long time, to be honest, and quite, you know, crucial to the, to the business and worked very closely with the partner there. It was a very small practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that I kind of enjoyed what I did and, and could uh, rattle them out um, quite quickly. And, and, you know, we did quite a lot of business through it. Um, and obviously learned all the double entries, all extended trial balances. And obviously what we now know is old school way of yes. doing everything. Yes. Um, but where it really kicked off is after I left there, I went for a work in a small, in a much bigger firm in Stoke, and it was quite a, a culture shock for me to go from a very small practice to a very big practice. But it was a certainly a big eye opener and started to get into the world of audits and things like that. And it wasn't until I left there and moved to Altrincham to a mm-hmm. firm in Altrincham, which again went back to a smaller practice, but there was a much bigger, broader spectrum of work we were involved with. Um, and that's where the, the team there really pulled out of me all the years of I've been doing the job and everything mm. else. And then that's where it really exploded for me okay. and really found a passion for the job. Mm. Um, and then my wife got pregnant um, and I was commuting up to Manchester. And then there was a local firm applying for exactly what I did. Yeah, I went there and, and kind of snowballed from there and really got involved in audits, audit seniors you know, running all the audits and everything else mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, and also my big passion, of course, is uh, Sage software. Yes. That's my big thing, as everyone knows. I'm, yes. I'm quite, I don't mind. Sage it. nerd is his name in the, sage, in, sage in the office. Yes. Sage geek. So <laughs> you don't mind uh, admitting yeah. that. Um, and I became telephone support effectively mm-hmm. for okay. large number of clients that, um, because if you ring Sage, you, you don't get a bespoke, um, service, you just mm-hmm. get this is what the, the software does. Yeah. Um, whereas with myself, I knew the client, I knew what they were trying to do, and mm-hmm. therefore we could tailor what Sage was doing to suit that. Um, and that's where I got a lot of my client skills and client contacts and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. And and was really a I could say a fifth emergency service to them. Yeah. You know that you know if they needed something, they could pick up the phone and mm-hmm. I could sort it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously. That progressed furthermore. I was thoroughly enjoying myself. Um, but then hearts came knocking and it was an opportunity I couldn't really turn down. Okay. 
been here for seven years now. And, and what's your role here within Hearts and how many team members have you got in your team? So, yeah, I still remember the, the interview I had with David and Melissa and you'd be managing a team of about five people and obviously right. the growth has, has been there and yes. we've been able to take over a lot more people. So um, I'm managing the the accounts team yeah. and now Rebecca's taken over doing all the audit side of things. Yeah. I can more focus just on the accounts, year-end accounts, um, supporting the VAT return team um, and a lot of all ad hoc bits yes. and pieces yeah um a lot of client contact making sure the clients are being looked after um obviously going out and getting new business but mm-hmm. you know for me it's the, the clients we've got that we want to look after sure um you know give them the best service we can mm-hmm. um a big thing for me and literally 10 minutes ago i just got off the phone from someone um, who emailed me saying oh thanks for doing the accounts i don't quite understand them but i'll approve them and i instantly said look don't do that Mm-hmm. When when do you want to speak about this? And we'll go through it. So I'm going to speak to her later on, and we'll go through everything. So she understands a bit more. Absolutely, you know, that's client, clients have got to be the heart of everything. They've got to understand what we do completely, yeah. and they need to know what their business, what what yeah. these accounts are showing them. What yeah. what is that information mm-hmm. there for them? You mm-hmm. know, and if they're not understanding what this they're seeing, mm-hmm. um, and it's important at the end of the day, it's a legal document. It's yes. accounts. People forget that mm-hmm. this is the signature is on there saying you approve them and you're happy with them. Mm-hmm. That conversation can be brief. It can be fairly short, but mm-hmm. normally gives them insight. Plus, it look it, it gives some future proofing and some future sure. development to them sure. to be able to to say right. Well, what areas do I really need to look into? Yeah. You know, what, where am I cost? I work in the system. So we start adding value to what, we, what we're actually giving the clients, so they're not just getting a set of accounts. Sign here. Here's the bill, and here's yeah. your tax bill. Most most firms do compliance work. Yes. You can go to any accountancy firm in the country, yes. and they'll do a set of accounts. Yes. It's what extra you give it, the communication yeah. and the support mm-hmm. and the understanding. You know, yes. empowering yeah. a client yes. is is very important to me. So going back to the old days, because we both <laughs> remember the old days, unfortunately, yeah, um, you used to get records in in basically one type, and that was a, a big brown box or a big uh, plastic bag. Carrier uh, bag the, yeah, carrier bag of records. Thankfully, those days are nearly long gone, although we still get some records in, in that basis. Still an awful lot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but with the advent of technology now, mm. it's making a big change in the way compliance work is being done. What's what's your view on the way perhaps QuickBooks has, has affected the market? Yeah, I mean it's not just QuickBooks. I mean obviously coming up from a Sage, yes. uh, Sage background and the software background, um, I've had to adapt to to the whole new way of approaching accounts, as I did when I left the manual records, you yes. know, and computers came in and Excel and, yes. and all this sort of thing that that changed the way we did it. It's exactly another step. Mm-hmm. Um, towards that um, and obviously the, the, the online programs now offer so much connection to the wider uh, internet of things I think that's most of apps that are out there that you yeah, can add the on to the, to, the, to the software and so yeah. on yeah but fundamentally the, the online programs are effectively what we started with when I was doing all my manual records mm. it's an electronic cash book yeah, you know, you're recording your income, your expenditure, mm. um, and obviously the bank and all your trans, you know, your cash flow and all your money transactions. 
is at the heart of all that. Mm-hmm. So the accuracy within that is the important part. Yeah. But it's an electronic cash book at the end of the day. Mm. And yes, there's some great features when they tie in, you know, connect to your bank account. Yes. So you're not keying in the transactions, which yep. obviously can cause errors. Yeah. Those transactions are just feeding in. Yeah. Um, so the, the client's focus is more on what that expenditure is and applying it to the right nominals. Um, and hopefully it's saving our bit of time in checking where those errors and it should, but it should be saving the client's time as well. But unfortunately, it's the old adage, isn't it? Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. So if the client isn't aware of what should go in in the first place, then there's a, an opportunity here for Hearts to help them uh, with our bookkeeping service as well. Mm, um, and we see a big growth in that coming over the next few years in the growth in the bookkeeping department. Mm. Um, so when you're doing a set of accounts, what sort of work do you actually have to do? Because often we get clients coming in with saying, well, here are my records. Can I have, can I have my accounts in a couple of days? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. without realising the amount of work that actually has to go into them. So do you want to explain a little bit about what actually goes into producing a basic set of, say, limited company accounts? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, the statutory requirements um, and a lot of work behind the scenes that we have to do. Um, a lot of checks around company's house, change of directors, change of shareholders and things like that that are going to have an impact on the accounts, as well as, you know, the general tidy up of the information that's come from the clients. Um, you know, quite often there's a lot of work that needs to be done in getting those times. So and obviously, such as, we're going to explain a bit more detail about what actually goes on. So, for instance, reconciling the bank, making sure the figures yeah. are correct and so, so on. So that's, that's a big part of it. I mean, last week I was with a client um, and their whole focus is looking very much at a profit and loss account. Sure. They want to know how profitable the company has been. And it was obviously going through them. Our, our approach to accountants is very much on the balance sheet side of things. Because basically what we're very much doing is going through a balance sheet and ensuring at the year end that balance sheet stacks up. Makes yeah. sense. The, 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 the debtors are recoverable, um, the bank balances, the creditors aren't understated, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and fixed assets, making sure depreciation has been applied, looking at additions that they've purchased um, and going through all the balance sheet side. And it's a very different view to potentially what the client has. Because mm. again, going back, they're looking at the profit and loss account. They want mm. to know how profitable they are. Mm. But to ensure that the profit's correct, it's the balance sheet that's for us very important because we're looking at the movement between sure. last year's balance sheet, yep. this year's balance sheet. The movement between the two is effectively the profit and loss. Okay. So that's where our focus is very different. We mm. very much um, go through each, each stage of them. Mm. Normally, the bank is obviously the key, you know, a large... Mm. Percentage of your clients, all the money goes in and out of the company bank account. So if that's correct, everything kind of ties around that. Brilliant. And that's whether we're doing a set of accounts or a online programs, management accounts, everything else. Bank is quite key to it. Mm-hmm. And everything else goes around from that. Obviously, then with statutory accounts, we draft tax computations, um, looking at the latest capital allowances, sure. Um, making sure we're we're maximizing um, the claims clients can make, yeah. ensuring that we're getting the profit. As low as they possible. Mm-hmm. Don't mean many. We don't meet many clients, do we? Effectively, that want to pay tax. No, we do have some. <laughs> remarkably, <laughs> they're quite happy. But you know, a large percentage are employing accountants to ensure that they pay they get, the right amount of tax. Pay the right amount keep of tax. tax bills to a minimum. Completely. Yeah. Um, and it's very important for us to to not create a problem later on by sure. doing a claim that not quite right with HMRC yes. or could be challenged later on. Yes. Because it's, it's creating a bit of a false you know, yes. false position. So we'd sooner we do everything we possibly can mm. to make sure it's the right amount of tax. 
and do often get asked by clients to say, well, just stick that through or just do this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course we do. And But then the other side of it, quite often we're looking at going, well, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Yes. And that's where in accounts practice we get to see such a broad spectrum of, of clients and mm-hmm. industries mm-hmm. and we're able to to almost cherry pick some of the better bits from other yes. um, other places yes um to say yeah but i've yeah. seen that company do that yeah or well have you thought about this yes. and obviously the training that we do all the courses etc that letting us all the latest legislation mm-hmm. you know the 130 percent capital allowance claim yes um i had a client last week um, who did their own, did very well, in fact, a uh, mm-hmm. profit and loss account, but put quite a few capital items um, in the P&L, mm-hmm. uh, which I actually ended up capitalising because I can get 130% on the capital yes, allowance. absolutely. Um, obviously, when I went to, with the adjustments back to the client, mm-hmm. it was like, well, why have you capitalised those? It's mm-hmm. the same rate. And mm-hmm. I was able to say, no, well, we actually mm-hmm. get... And it was, you know, it was very mm-hmm. pleased then because mm-hmm. we were able to... Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of knowledge we need to be yeah. doing and, and, like you say, getting the right amount of tax. What's the most unusual thing you've been asked or what's the most unusual set of accounts you've had to do over the years? Oh, it's a strange question almost. Um, I've seen so many, so many different ones. Um, you do get the odd client that you think, why are you speaking to your account just to get that? I mean, I did have someone ring me up with a specific question of where do I post a, a bottle of washing up liquid in my account? <laughs> which I thought was a bit random. Yes. Um, you know, and I think it was only about four pounds. I think <laughs> there's a bigger thing here. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I couldn't really pick particular. Yeah, yeah some yeah. of them are all very bizarre. And all they're all they're all interesting in their own way. Mm. Um, no two companies' accounts mm. are the same. Mm. Um, they have similarities, but mm. um, what's important to one client is always important to the other. Sure. Um, I think the most ridiculous thing I've seen is some of the company's house submissions from yes. previous accountants or yes. um, um, other, or where clients have just filed their own accounts at company's house. Yes. Balance sheets that don't even balance or just sage reports yes. that go in and not part of such a find it remarkable. I know, it um, is remarkable, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes. And it's something I'd take pride, I think, as a, as a company. Yeah. And yeah. my department is very much installed in those um, those standards sure. um, in, in what we're filing is, okay. is as good quality as we can get. Hopefully now we're coming out of the pandemic. And obviously business has struggled a little bit over the last couple of years, but now we've got, we're seeing what's happening in Ukraine and we've got the cost of living mm. increases and the squeezes that are going on there. Um, what are the sort of problems that clients are coming to you with? Uh, are they common across the board or they tend to be more specific on a client-by-client client basis? Are they all experienced? Like I know we know a lot of clients that are suffering from getting the right staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there anything else which you you, you come across which um, most clients are experiencing at the moment? I think with, with what we're doing, the management accounts, I think we're still on the cusp of that. I think mm-hmm. we're just at the start where we'll really start seeing um, those costs ramping up. Obviously, we're, we're having a conversation with clients in, in talking and looking at their fee structures, mm-hmm. um, making sure they're prepared for that change. Um, one thing, I mean, you mentioned the pandemic at the start of pandemic, um, businesses did what businesses do. They adapted. They looked at the costs, you know, and they really did go on a big cost call, really focused on what areas they could save. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously then when they when we got further into the pandemic, um, 
that transition wasn't so severe for them. And, you know, you say that a lot of companies did suffer. There were some we saw that did really well. Yes. You know, because they went, they did that cost collapse exercise, they saved a lot of costs. The turnover actually ended up being maintained quite successfully. Sure. Um, so therefore, slightly different tax. And they've mm. got quite a lot of profit yep. and quite large tax bills. Yes. So we're having to manage a lot of that through. So yes. it's very much that. But I think this one's slightly different in that the costs are being imposed onto them. Mm. So it's a slightly different. So it's very much about passing those costs onto the customers. Mm-hmm. Um, still trying to see where they could save mm-hmm. um, on some of the costs. But yeah, I think we're, we're slightly early at the moment. I think okay. as the, over the next six months, we'll really start seeing that um, kicking in okay. uh, and the clients will start picking up the phone a lot more mm-hmm. and we'll start trying to help obviously it's encouraging speaking to them now absolutely yeah you've um, got to maintain that contact and, and maintain absolutely. that relationship with the clients yeah. to help them out whenever we can mm-hmm. uh, and then just one final question mm-hmm. what would you have done if you hadn't gone into accountancy uh it almost sounds a bit David Brent, to be fair but <laughs> I was in a band in my in my younger oh, days right um so I would have loved to have kind of followed that. Um, sadly, the talent didn't quite support the ambition. <laughs> okay. Um, and although I enjoyed that, that the time I did there, sure. I think once I got over a certain age, it was like time to, to let that go and, and really focus on, on what I do now. But okay. uh, I think I would have loved to have, have done that. But uh, sadly, like I say, talent wasn't quite there. Well, I think we'll just leave it there. (laughs) Well, thank you very much indeed, Andy, for talking to us this morning. And thank you for joining us uh, for this podcast. Hope to see you on future podcasts. uh, And thank you very much indeed. Thank you.